Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Body Laces Podcast. My name is Bilal Malik, and this is my co-host, Trenton Seidel. How are you, Trenton? I'm feeling like John Gruden after football started. Absolutely fantastic right now. How are you, Bilal? I am also doing pretty well. I mean, that was quite a game. Uh, talk about talk about nail biters and just... Yeah, it's probably one of the, one of the best games of the year, and we're already we only just finished up week one. Yeah, which is kind of crazy, but I mean, it's just one of those games where they have fans in there now that we have a sort of kind of regular season, but still a great experience to to see. Definitely. Right. All right. Take it away. So- yeah, let's delve right into that Raiders game. Over 6,000 people received their first dose of the COVID-19 vaccine in order to attend that Raiders game. And that is, of course, a wonderful accomplishment for not only the Raiders, but for humankind as well. After all, the Raiders announced that all fans would have to show either proof of vaccination in order to attend home games. Um, And fans who receive the first dose of the vaccine a week prior to the game would be permitted inside the stadium. And they hosted a vaccine pop-up right outside the stadium in order to allow fans to get vaccinated before entering. So it's just great work by them and uh, great for all those fans who went in and got their first dose of the vaccine in order to get in. Definitely. I mean, you and I have been talking about this for some time now. And I mean, we got to get people vaccinated as soon as possible and as fast as possible. So just taking an instance like this, it's good for everyone. And uh, the Bears are also doing something simple. And I think you got some information on that right now, too, uh, for their upcoming game against the Bengals. Yeah, they uh, they're offering free COVID-19 vaccinations on that Sunday afternoon, Sunday noon game, I believe. And uh, it's located on the southeast side of Soldier Field from 9.30 to 11.30 a.m. And you don't need a game ticket in order to receive that vaccine. So it's uh, another good work by another team that's helping to do their part in this pandemic. But having a game ticket is not a bad idea either because we need a lot of people there at our first home game to cheer on the home team ideally not to boo Andy Dalton I we'll get into that in a bit all right well speaking of uh, a little bit of booing the Lions are not a team that is (laughs) unaccustomed to a little bit of booing and Calvin Johnson is having none of it he continues have no relationship with his former team because they have not paid back some of the signing bonus money that they took from him when he retired. It's about 1.6 million and the lions had offered to pay him $500,000 per year for three years. If he worked 28 hours per year, They also offered to make a $100,000 donation to a charity of his choice to push the total payout to that $1.6 But he said no, because it was his money and they took it away. And he said, I'm not going to work anymore for it. 
because it was mine to begin with. Well, that's where things are a little different. Not that I'm against anything he's asking for because they had given him the money, right? A signing bonus is an advance, right? So he hasn't really earned it. Earned it. He hadn't done anything yet to earn it. It was just an advance that was to come. But since they already gave it to him, now they had it wasn't right on their part to take it back. I mean, you already made your decision. Now you live with it. I know it's going to hurt you and your salary cap, but you made the choice already. So now you can't rush back because he's saying, oh, come give it back. We're in a we're in a bind right here. Give us our money that we've already given you. Um, I mean, it's his. it was his money at some point, but yeah. We're right. talking about uh, sorry for the long pause there. Um, I understand it's a weighty topic. One point six million is a lot of money, Trenton. If you're if you're gonna give me that money, well, you better not take it back. Um, so we we're talking about COVID earlier, right? And COVID is still a prevalent situation going around in the world, the league, the country however you want to look at it. And uh, New Orleans Saints have had eight people of their organization throughout uh, various positions, such as uh, they've been six coaches, offensive coaches, one player, and a nutritionist have all tested positive for COVID. And it just reminds you that COVID is not going away. Yeah, and it's it's definitely hard for the Saints who have already had their beginning of the season kind of derailed by the hurricane that passed through. But, I mean, that didn't stop them from uh, putting a, a whooping on Aaron Rodgers and the Packers in the first week. And uh, it didn't stop Jameis Winston from looking like a future uh, MVP winner, maybe. <laughs> Slow down there, buddy. Slow down. We just finished one game. Uh, you know, the he's he's gonna be flooding the the scoreboards with uh all those touchdown passes and hopefully not those interceptions. But speaking of flooding, would you like some sewage to flood down on you? I would uh, prefer not to, and especially not if I'm going to watch an NFL team play in the stadium. But uh, apparently that uh, happened in uh, Washington recently. Yep, that's exactly what happened at FedEx Field. As uh, some of the fans got (laughs) a little more wet than they were intending to, Um, Washington has said that the little leak that came down onto the fans was from a storage tank filled with rainwater. But the fans <laughs> said it was kind of like sewage, which is not an ideal experience. But according to the Washington football team, they have given fans in that section the option to move to a suite for the rest of that game. And they're going to give them tickets to a game of their choice in the future and also given team gear to replace their uh, quote unquote rainwater drenched clothing. 
Okay. If you put it that way, then, then I wouldn't mind a little bit. Depends on what is part of this sewage. If they, but I mean, it's good on the good on the team. I mean, they just didn't let this turn into some situation. And I mean, you need your fans to be happy, and you gotta do stuff that. Uh, I mean, what's it costing them? It's costing them nothing, probably. So, hey, all good for it. So Trenton, the NFL is a whole place where if one player or one team or just something bad happens, a lot of panic just gets caused into it, right? And so uh, just recently, USC, University of Southern California, fired their head coach. And now it's a vacant position. And one of the first names to come up with a possible replacement is... Jacksonville Jaguars head coach Urban Meyer, based off of his years of experience in college football and him only having coached one game in the pros. And that game was the 27, the 37 to 21 loss against the Houston Texans, which we have been discussing forever, have been a train wreck. So they probably should have beaten them. But now that they lost that game, People are thinking, is Urban Meyer just going to ditch the team and uh, take the USC job? And apparently, he says there's no chance that happening at this moment. So, but still, it's just interesting to see you have one bad game, your first game, against a beatable opponent. And now people are saying you're in a jump ship. Yeah, and I mean, it's just, that's life in the NFL. The, the fans and the the media is going to jump on you real quick. Um, but yeah, I mean, if, if Urban Meyer wanted to jump ship, you could create a bigger story than uh, Bill Belichick becoming a, a head coach and then quickly ditching that job. But I, I don't see it. I think uh, Urban Meyer Belich- is Belichick comes in with the Jets, resigns like a day later, then goes yeah. to rival the Patriots and then builds the best team ever. Not that that's going to come anywhere close to Urban Meyer's story, but like, <laughs> I mean, the guy has, has had no experience on the NFL level in the head coaching position, and he has had tremendous success in the college football head coaching position, so I mean, it makes sense why his name would come up, and especially, it probably wouldn't have come up if the Jaguars had won and things were different, but they lost, so again, it's just one week, but that's life in the NFL, as you said. Yep, and life in the NFL has a way of uh, coming around and repeating itself, such as Terod Taylor getting another starting job now that uh, Deshaun Watson is not exactly in, uh, in good graces with the NFL or the Texans. Uh, Watson I, really has don't been... get, I really don't get the situation surrounding him, but uh, please explain. Yeah, Watson is still on the Texans' 53-man roster, but he's listed as the third-string quarterback, and he's not exactly exiled, but there have been many teammates that have said he's not a distraction, his attitude is good, and it's the the usual line, we're going to take it one day at a time. What do you expect him to say? 
Oh, he is a distraction. We want him out. No, and he has been exiled. Like there have been reports, basically, like he's been kept away from the. He still shows up every day to the facility. It's just that uh, he's like banished to the other end of the facility while everyone else is working out in one end. I mean, I think everyone knew from the beginning that Watson's time with the Texans is over. So why don't we just get rid of him? What are we gaining? Which he's taking up a roster spot. Yeah, I mean, of course, part of it I would think is likely that he's still under investigation by not only the NFL but also Houston police and the FBI. And yeah, but nobody has made their mind up. Houston has made their mind up. What are they going to like wait for him to like this to all be official? Official? I think Houston, we know. Houston's done with them. He's done with Houston. No matter what comes out of the investigation. Uh, I could easily say Deshaun Watson doesn't play another snap in the NFL ever again. No matter what right. happens now. Because no one, he's like a, he's a, I don't know the, I don't know what other way to put it, except to say that he's like a toxic character right now. Yeah. Uh, and please. he's, he wasn't seen during portions of practice that were open to media and the team listed him as did not participate with a non-injury designation every day. And he was rolled out against the Jaguars listed with a non-injury designation. He wasn't seen during the home preseason game. He wasn't traveling with the team during the two road preseason games by any other player that would mean they're cut, (laughs) but he's still there. Unless you're Josh McCown, who got to sit at home. Remember, he was third <laughs> string quarterback for the Eagles. Oh man, got to collect a weekly check. I totally forgot about that. I totally forgot about that. There you go. Josh McCown. Josh McCown. He didn't Maybe. do that all that. He didn't do all that stuff though for completely different reasons. He's a good guy, but yeah, Maybe. Watson not so much. Maybe McCann will unretire and uh, come back for a team this season, <laughs> or or maybe not. <laughs> Does he have any teams left? Oh, that's true. He's kind of again. He did. He did play for the Bears twice, so I think he can overlap. That's true. Just has to be uh, the right spot, right spot, right time. How much time is left? Before it's enough is enough. It's true. He is uh, getting a little up there in age. Sorry, right. McCown. Aren't we all? <laughs> <laughs> not, not to his extent, though, Trenton. Not to his extent. Um, all right, wrapping up the news here. Uh, Aaron Rodgers apparently a body swapped with uh, Jameis Winston for a week, and Channel Jones had a nice big feast against the Titans with five sacks. Yeah, it's just it's that kind of storyline, you know. In Week One, all sorts of crazy stuff happens, and we <laughs> we don't know why. Honestly, it just it's the does. Beauty of sports, that's the beauty of sports and football, and at specifically football yeah that's that's true but it was a fun week one and we're on to week two 
Did I sound like Belichick a little bit there? <laughs> I think that's exactly what you were going for, so I think you nailed it right in the head. All right. Speaking of week two, you have our uh, injury report. Yeah. Oh, no, below, look, it's a bug. What kind of bug? It's an injury bug. <laughs> injury bugs hit a few teams this year in uh, week one, especially for the Ravens. They lost not only their number one, but their number two and their number three running backs before the season even started, which is not ideal for them being a, uh, a committee backfield running attack. But speaking of committee backfield running attack, Raheem Mostert, the hero of the 49ers for their Super Bowl season is out for eight weeks on IR with chipped cartilage in his knee. And additionally with the 49ers, Jason Verrett, cornerback, is out with a torn ACL and he has not had the best luck with injuries. He's had a torn labrum, torn rotator cuff, torn Achilles. He's had a foot injury. He has an ankle injury. And now this is the second time he's torn his ACL. It's not good for him. It's brutal. Just listening to that. Wow. Yeah. And uh, continuing on with it, Demarcus Lawrence was reported to have broken his foot in practice on Wednesday, out six to eight weeks. And also out of that practice, Leon Lett. You remember Leon Lett? Uh, Please uh, inform me of who Leon Lett is. I don't think I've heard the name before. You mean you haven't heard Leon Lett in two very specific, very uh, memorable broadcasts? <laughs> Unless you're playing some trick on me here, Trenton. I don't know who Leon Lett is. Well, he happens to be a assistant defensive line coach for the Cowboys, who was also carted off with a apparent right knee injury in the same practice as Demarcus Lawrence's broken foot which leads me to wonder what kind of practices are the Cowboys holding? (laughs) You have to ask Mike McCarthy that question. Yeah, it's, it's not a good look for uh, your best pass rusher. And also your very famous assistant defensive line coach to uh, both have long-term injuries in a one practice but moving on with that ryan fitzpatrick another well-loved journeyman quarterback is on ir with a hip injury six to eight weeks it's uh it's a rough week one for the the beard but hopefully he'll be back with his magic sooner rather than later and uh, also in injury news, Odo Beckham Jr. is going to be out in week two as well. He didn't play in week one. It was expected that he might play in week one, but he was still feeling uh, not up to speed. And he's been announced to be out for week two. So it's uh, a little bit surprising to not see him out there ready to play. But, I mean, if he doesn't feel ready, then... He doesn't feel ready, and uh, the Browns have more than enough offensive depth in their in their wide receiver core to 
to make up for it. So, I mean, if he's if he's not feeling up for it, then give uh, some of the other guys a chance if they can do better than he can when he's not at 100%. And I think that makes total sense for them. Exactly. The last thing you want to do is rush the guy back and then he gets hurt again. So mm-hmm. we still got a long season to go, so we shall see how things end up playing out with all these various injuries on teams. Yep. All right. And uh, we've got some updated power rankings. Would you like me to go over it, Bilal? Please do. All right. Well, we still have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at number one after their kind of Thursday night thriller against the Cowboys, which was surprising. But, I mean, Tom Brady showed he still got it. Close than you thought it should have been. Mm-hmm. Kansas City Chiefs still at number two. Los Angeles Rams jump up three spots to number three. Ooh, you're you're not looking very happy about that below. <laughs> I mean, in the context of things, yeah, I wasn't happy, but we'll talk about that in a minute. But yeah, for one week, let them take the jump, and then we'll see where they uh, are. They the third best team in the league? Still, probably not, but uh, we'll see. All right, and we have the Seahawks at number four as they also jump up three spots from number seven. We have the Steelers at number five who jumped up five spots from number 10. The Buffalo Bills, after their kind of sour performance against the Steelers, dropped down to rank six, three spots down from number three. Baltimore Ravens, after their Monday night wild mess, Drop down to rank seven, previously at number five. Cleveland Browns stay steady at number eight. 49ers stay steady at number nine. And the Saints move up five spots on the back of Jameis Winston to rank 10 to round out our top 10 teams. Is that a coincidence seeing five touchdowns, five spots? Oh, all right. All right. I see. That's a, that's a good point. I mean, looking at this list overall, um, they are basically the teams that you would expect to be here, and which, based off how they played, they only solidified their spot. I mean, Baltimore didn't play um, bad at all either in their game against the Raiders, and they only, they dropped two spots down. So, um, some teams moved up more. Pittsburgh, uh, but that's just based off of how they played. I mean, no one expected them to do as well as they did against uh, against Buffalo, and then which looked for, like for a moment in that game that Buffalo was going to take over take over this game, but then Pittsburgh kind of showed that this is the this is not how we do things. So, and then towards the end of the last year, we still got the Jaguars. We got the Jaguars at 32. You know, they dropped down three spots. Lions held steady at 31. Jets at 30. Again, the teams you'd expect. Texans moved up three spots from 20, from 32 to 29. Even though, and the Bears dropped five spots from 21 to 26, which is 
unfortunate, but I still think we'll see them back in the mid-teens uh, fairly soon. Especially yep. if they start to put, it, put together a few good games, string it, string it along, and we can start. It was a week one. There's only so much. Half the, half the league is going to win. Half the league is going to lose. We will see where all these teams uh, land from here now, now that we have a first glance and we aren't making uh, predictions based off of what we think is going to happen or what's going to what happened in the preseason. Now we have actual tangible evidence to base things off of. So we shall see. Yes, we shall. Um, so let's now that we discuss some of these teams, let's just pick a couple of these games that they played and just give your insight into what you thought about it. And so the first one's obviously going to be the first game of the season, Cowboys and Bucks. Um, my biggest takeaway, no matter how old Tom Brady is, no matter what you think of the guy, if you think he wins too much or you're been a lifelong fan of his, I don't know, but my one thing is never give him the ball with any time left on the clock. And especially not with like, what was that, 40 seconds? Something like that. It's, um, yeah, it's, you don't want to put the ball in his hand. Yeah, exactly. Ever. You don't want to put the ball in his hand. Mm-hmm. He, had a, he had a minute and roughly 24 seconds go down the field and all he needed was a field goal and that's so. that's easy he he does that in his sleep with his left hand <laughs> that shows you how i mean yes the cowboys put up a, a pretty good fight I'm, i don't think anyone was uh uh expecting that to happen Dak looked but then you look at it again isn't this a carbon copy of what happened last year? Dak throws for like a billion yards the first five games. No running game. I mean, was where was Zeke? I mean, there was no Zeke. I mean, people who had Zeke on their fantasy team were probably like, "What happened?" Like eleven carries for thirty-three yards, averaging three yards a carry. I mean, Dak Prescott had thirteen yards rushing on his own. He averaged 3.3 yards a carry. I mean, Zach threw, I mean, not Zach, Dak. Dak threw 58 passes for 403 yards and three touchdowns and one interception. 58 passes. That's not. I thought we were trying to to protect the guy. Yeah, that's that's not sustainable, especially for a quarterback who went into the season with a weird arm shoulder injury that they didn't exactly know how to take care of. So, I mean, for him to throw 58 passes in the the first real game action, I mean, he didn't even play in the preseason is that injury that they were resting him from. And then in the first game, they're like, all right, go out there and throw 58 passes. No, think about it though too. We have an extra game this year. Like, from now on, we'll be playing 17 games, and no one's ever played 17 games in a season before. So, like, 58 passes, 17 games, let's just say. So, just some math here, Trent. 
that comes out to 986 passes if he was to throw 58 passes every game. And that's Ooh. just not happening. I mean, yes, he kept them close, but like, he, there's got to be a balanced attack. Every team needs a balanced attack. Otherwise, it's a recipe for disaster. Yeah, and the, uh, the record for attempts in a season happens to be by Matthew Stafford with 727. So if Dak Prescott were to do that, he would A, set a record that might never be broken, and B, his arm might fall off. I mean, if anyone's going to set that record, it's going to be Dak Prescott, probably just the way he's been playing the past two years, even before he got hurt. I believe he had like close to 1,800 yards when he got hurt in week five last year. So, which is crazy. Like, yeah. Uh, five games through, and you're almost some quarterbacks don't throw that much their entire season. So it's like, it was not, uh, but a good game nonetheless. Just that I'm the, you can't stop the Bucks right now. So they're, uh, but uh, the Dallas needs a more balanced uh, attack. Yeah, for sure. Like like you said, can't stop the Bucks. They brought everybody back. You know, everybody's healthy. Tom's healthy. Tom probably chased everybody with a syringe to give them a vaccine <laughs> in the facility. You know, Tom's all in on it. <laughs> I mean, they're we talked about this last week, I think, too, is that uh, they're 100 percent vaccinated. They they know what they have to do to get uh, to get back to the Super Bowl, I and mean, they. They tasted that glory one year, and they're like, "We want it. We want it again." So it's like, and they got the greatest quarterback of all time leading them, who's apparently playing better than what he's um, played early on in his career. Uh, last point I want to make here is like, I think they were analyzing his like arm angle and like his speed throwing the ball. He's throwing the ball faster now than what he was doing 10 years ago. So how that's humanly possible, how to be better than you were 10 years ago, I don't know. But that's also why I'm not Tom Brady. And yeah. our second game to analyze is, was, a, was also a good one to close out the week. Um, we talked the first one started the week off good, and the last one closed it off good. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens versus the Las Vegas Raiders. Raiders. Game. Yeah, I, I waited for you to do that. <laughs> but uh, this game was pretty good for – I only did, I only started watching in the second half, but even that half was um, – you couldn't you couldn't keep up honestly it was like and then it got uh down into like overtime uh please describe what happened trenton oh man it was too good it was such such a crazy game um i guess we could start it all the way in the fourth quarter because that's when the Raiders had finally started to hit their groove and tied it up 17 to 17. Um, and after that, it was just scoring, scoring, scoring all the way through the fourth quarter, all the way until the uh, the end of regulation. 
when the Raiders were able to drive down the field in 35 seconds and tie the game up with a field goal, 27-27. And then into overtime, the Raiders are driving down the field, and Derek Carr throws an interception that should have been caught for a touchdown. It really should have been caught for a touchdown. Willie Snead just lets it right through his hands. Ball gets deflected into the air. You know how it goes. The tip drill. And the uh, the Ravens come up with it. And then they start going down. Or at least they try to. Because only five plays later, Lamar Jackson coughs up the ball. And the Raiders and get that the was ball the main issue. That was the main issue during the game for the Ravens. was just Lamar trying to be too much. And uh, at some point, that was going to catch up to him. And um, because like we talked about earlier, the Ravens are struck by the injury bug. So that makes Lamar do too much. And I think you may have even talked about it last week. But uh, Lamar can't do everything on his own. When he tries, this is what happens. But just that overtime. You think they scored a touchdown, and then they don't, and then stuff happens. I mean, and just the way the final touchdown came about was they weren't even trying to score a touchdown. They were just trying to get in a better spot for field goal positioning and stuff. And it was actually that – I'm sorry if you already mentioned this – um, but it was basically like they had gotten an offensive penalty and to gain the yards back, they want to throw the ball to make up, to get back in a, a better field goal position. And Derek Carr just sees a wide open receiver and just that's what uh, happened. 31 yard touchdown right there to end the game. I mean, how was to do it on the opening night? I mean, yeah, opening night for your team in front of your fans for the first time in your brand new stadium. Yeah. And what you mentioned right there, that, that last touchdown, that was, I think that was against uh cover zero. I mean, the Ravens sent basically everybody against the Raiders. And it was just, um, I believe I saw something that said the Ravens ran more cover zero against the Raiders in this one game than the Colts ran all of last year. <laughs> the Ravens ran cover zero 13 times, and last year the Colts ran it 12 times throughout the entire season. I mean, when you're running cover zero 13 times in a single game, <laughs> you're, you're really trying to take out that other team's quarterback. That's like, that's like 85 beers, like 46 defense beers kind of pass. Cover, right zero, can, cover zero can really come to burn you and – moments mm-hmm. just like it did in this game so yep that's why play cover zero you're on risk mm-hmm. all right Trent do we cover the Bears game or do uh, we just talk about our thoughts on it quickly because uh, yeah. here, here, I'll lay out my piece and then we'll see where you stand okay yes go ahead I was not disappointed. The score would tell you that I should be, and I am, because we, no, I am not as disappointed as I probably should have been. 
because of we lost the game. That's disappointment on its own. But um, the team, if they don't make certain mistakes, certain key mistakes, the defense doesn't blow two major coverages, and Dillon doesn't throw a pick, I really think the whole game is flipped on its head right there. If those, if we play proper uh, football, where we mistake-free football, I think that game could have easily been a high-scoring game with the Bears winning at the end of it. Because I believe, if I'm not mistaken, on almost every possession the Bears have had crossed the, the Rams is 50. Like we had so many plays, we in their possession in their territory, we had a good time of possession. Um, we. We were moving the ball. We were like, even though we weren't thrown in deep down the field, even though those intermediate eight, nine yard pass plays, we were moving it down. Montgomery was running. Like, he got, we got him started off in the season early. Like, they've been like two years ago, uh, we could barely get the guy to run maybe, uh, I don't know, maybe 30 to 50 yards a game. But he's like, he closed, he had about 108 yards in the first game of the season. I mean, he looked good. The Rams couldn't stop him. It's just that we just let uh, mistakes were made, and they weren't minor mistakes. So if those mistakes get cleaned up for the next game, um, I really think I've always trusted the Bears' defense, no matter how the offense has been, no matter who the head coach has been, no matter who the defense coordinator has been, because Chicago is known for their defense. And they will find a way. And I think the offense is on the right path. We mixed in a bit of Justin Fields here and there. That was a nice spark. Um, gives him some exposure to seeing an actual NFL defense for the first time without throwing him directly into the fire, which I still don't think he's ready. But um, I really think that if things are cleaned up, the Bears will be in a prime position this year. And I say that every year, but I really think that um, it wasn't like like throughout the whole game, you felt like the Bears could still make a stage a comeback if a couple things went the other way or there was a little more time. Things could have happened. And I'm not as depressed as I should be based off of that score. But that's my thought on it. I'll let you speak more. Sorry. No, no, you're good. I mean, just just wrapping off some of the points that you put out, David Montgomery. I mean, finally, 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 I love to see David Montgomery in the single back. Matt Nagy, thank you so much for putting him finally in the single back and running him out of the single back. This is what you get when you do that. It's I love it so much. Um and I like Matt Forte running on the field. He looked like mm-hmm. Matt Forte, like that tough yeah. and that just I don't know, just front flashbacks back to that. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're totally right. I mean, um, and back to what you said about Justin Fields not being ready yet. Uh after seeing both Jason Jason Peters and Larry Barham go down with injuries in that game. Uh, yeah, I, I know Justin Fields might be able to outrun a lot of people, but I also don't want to see him get 
demolished behind this offensive line that's kind of uh kind of crumbling early in the season. But and you don't I mean, need him. You don't need him to be the the every the all-purpose person like uh, Lamar Jackson is trying to be right now. Mm-hmm. And put put I like this situation. Put Fields in 10, 15 plays a game, uh, depending on what the situation looks like. Get him the exposure. Um, let him run around. Let him throw. Let him do stuff. Let him build his career up. Don't have to put him on the bench the entire time. But like. Um, for as long as we need, we can put Andy Andy Dalton back out there. I mean, he did decently well, except for his pick that probably would have been a touchdown if it wasn't uh, picked off. But uh, I again, seventeen game season now, longest season in NFL history. We've got sixteen more to go, and I really do think if this team cleans up there, now now that now they've been exposed to an actual team. They know what the game plan for. They know how to act. Uh, yeah. Yep. All right. I think that uh that about wraps up that game. Time to time to make our picks. It's time to make our picks. Yes, and uh, in a another week one shocker, I actually came away with more wins than you have. It's uh kind of odd. Not feeling super comfortable about it. I feel like do not you're gonna... hear what I do not hear <laughs> what I just said, Trenton. <laughs> Seventeen weeks to go. I may have had an off week, but that doesn't mean I'm I'll be down. I can say I can start my comeback now. Yeah, you know I'm I'm going into week two already, kind of feeling those twenty-eight to three vibes. You know, <laughs> for anyone's reference, Trenton went. Uh, 10 and 6 and I went 7 and 9 so Trenton has a 3 game lead over me at the moment um, but we shall see where this leads us now Trenton tonight's game Giants at Washington who are you taking? I'm going to take the Washington football team I believe in their sewage I mean I believe in in Taylor and uh, Heineke <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm taking the uh, New York football Giants alright <laughs> Um, Patriots and Jets. I'm gonna take the Patriots. Bill Belichick eats rookies for breakfast. I'm also taking the Patriots because I feel that the Patriots rookie is better than the Jets' rookie. He he fits in that Patriot mold perfectly. I mean, he wouldn't even accept the 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 touchdown, the ball from like his touchdown that he threw. Oh yeah, he wasn't, right. He wasn't satisfied that they didn't win the game. I mean, I just like to say he's. Belichick's gonna be around for some more time, and he's just found his he found his uh, key to being relevant again. Um, yeah, so Patriots, uh, Broncos at Jaguars. I'm gonna take the Broncos here. I'm taking the Broncos as well. Uh, Bills at Dolphins. Ooh, divisional game. I'm gonna take the Bills on this one. Yeah, I think they'll be uh, kind of angry after what Pittsburgh did to them at home. So I'm taking taking the Bills as well. Uh, 49ers at Eagles. Let's take the Niners here for me. Taking the Niners too, even though they are traveling coast to coast. I, I just realized that that's going to be hey, – the teams do that all the time. And overall, the Niners are the better team. Rams at Colts. I'm going to take the Rams on this one. Uh, same here, Rams. 
Raiders and Steelers. Let's have some Raiders. I must take the Raiders. I think that uh, their win on Monday night is going to be the start of something good. And I think it's like in three years of John Gruden so far, and things are starting to click together. So let's see. Bengals and Bears. I'm going to take the Bears here. Yeah, I mean, I was always going to take that. I think we all know how biased I am when it comes to this pick. But at the Bengals, put up a good fight against the Vikings. But I just think the Bears playing their first home game and hopefully correcting all the mistakes that they made the past week um, will come in to benefit them. Texans and Browns. Ooh, Texans and Browns. Or I suppose you could also say the old Browns versus the new Browns. I mean, uh, let's take the new Browns on this one. <laughs> so I'm assuming you're taking the D Browns? D Browns, yes. Okay. Yeah, same here, Browns. Uh, Saints and Panthers. I, I'm going to have to go with the future MVP quarterback, Jameis Winston in the Saints. I'm taking the Saints as well. I don't know if he's going to be the future MVP, but uh, I'm still <laughs> taking the Saints. See how many touchdowns he puts up this week. Uh, Vikings and Cardinals. Going to go with the Cardinals here. Same here, Cardinals. Falcons and Buccaneers. Going to be the Buccaneers. Matt Ryan's not getting any revenge on Tom Brady? Uh, No, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's uh, – 28 to 3 with the Bucks on top. <laughs> I still think he's looking for that revenge because I think they, they're in the same division, right? So they probably played each other twice last year. And I don't think the Bucks beat them unless I'm wrong. Maybe it was in there in that time where the Bucks had that slump. But again, the Falcons also had a slump. I don't know where I'm going with this, but I'm taking the Bucks just <laughs> to say. Titans at Seahawks. Gonna go Seahawks. Seahawks, Cowboys, and Chargers. Ooh, uh, let's go with the Chargers here. Chargers, Chiefs at Ravens. Ooh, this is going to be a crazy game. I'm going to take the Chiefs here. Same here. And last but not least, the Monday Night Football, Lions at Packers. I'm going to take the Packers here. I'm taking the Packers, too. I mean, Packers at home on Monday night after that terrible loss, the worst loss of Aaron Rodgers' career. But you never know the Lions. I mean, just come on with a win, no matter how unlikely it may be. But uh, we shall see how this plays out and where our standings lie next week. All right. So that, that does it, right? Yes, that does it. So thank you all for listening to the By the List podcast. We'll be back next week with the week three episode. Uh, hopefully you have a good uh, start to the week two of the NFL season starting tonight with the New York football giants at the Washington football team. A lot of football in those names right there. <laughs> yeah. it, you, you realize it, right? The actual name for New York, it's the New York football giants. Anyway, so um, we hope you have a great rest of the week. 
get vaccinated, maybe at Soldier Field before the Bears game. And don't forget to follow us at BillMalik15 and Trenton underscore Cito. Enjoy. Watch out for sewage.